Welcome to chapel at Calvin University, where we grow to love God and love people. I'm your host, Paul Ryan, worship pastor at Calvin University. Today in chapel, Pastor Mary Halst picks back up her series on the I Am Statements of Jesus. She preaches on John 11, 17 through 27, where Jesus says, I am the resurrection and the life. In this story, we find Martha and her sister Mary grieving the death of their brother Lazarus. Pastor Mary asks, what helps Martha trust Jesus even now? Let's listen together. All right, page 873 in your Pew Bibles or John 11 on your Bible app. Page 873, John 11, beginning to read at verse 17. Now, some of you may know this story really well. A friend of Jesus is dying. His sisters send him word, and Jesus waits to go. And so then the sisters, Martha and Mary, have to figure out what to do with the Jesus who came too late to save their brother. We begin to read at verse 17 of John 11. When Jesus arrived, he found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb four days. Now Bethany was near Jerusalem, some two miles away, and many of the Jews had come to Martha and Mary to console them about their brother. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went and met him while Mary stayed at home. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now, I know that God will give you whatever you ask of him. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Those who believe in me, even though they die, will live. And everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? She said to him, yes, Lord. I believe that you are the Messiah, the Son of God, the one coming into the world. This is the word of the Lord. I'm sorry to be the person to tell you this, but there are a lot of things in life that are not gonna go the way you hope. The person you want to marry doesn't want to marry you. The job you thought you like, you don't. A torn ACL ruins your senior year. Your friends get a house without you. I wish I could tell you that it gets better as you get older, that things settle down, that people are kind, that life is good, but in this room today, we have people who've gone through divorce, miscarriage, the suicide of a parent, being disowned by their siblings. We have faculty and staff who are rearing children who have chronic illness, special needs, learning disabilities. We have way too many people on this campus who are dealing with cancer. There's a lot that happens in life that no one expects, like the death of a brother. 
Mary and Martha send word to Jesus, Lord, the one that you love is ill. But he doesn't come. And he doesn't come. And he doesn't come. They knew that he could do something about it and he didn't show up. Yes, that area of the country was dangerous for him. The last time he had been there, the Jewish leaders tried to kill him. When he finally tells his disciples, okay, now we're going to go and see Mary and Martha, Thomas says, let's go with him so that we may die with him. This may be why Martha comes out to greet Jesus rather than waiting for Jesus to come to her. It's not only an honor that she leaves her grieving spot and goes out to meet him, but she may also be trying to protect him from being seen by his enemies. In any case, even though she knows this may not be a safe space for Jesus, she's pretty clear that he could have been here earlier. She expected him to come more quickly. Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. She expected him to show up. She expected Jesus to respond. She expected him to fix her problem in a timely way. That didn't happen. Lazarus died. And now Jesus was here? Four days later? We would understand if she just walked up to him and started yelling. Or if she just told him to go away. It was too late. Or if she just dissolved into angry tears. We would understand all of those reactions. But instead she does this. She says to him, But even now, I know that God will give you whatever you ask of him. What? She still believes even now? Even after he disappointed her? Even after she asked him to come and he didn't and her brother died? Even now in the midst of her anger and her grief and her pain, she still believes? Jesus wants to be sure she knows what she's saying, so they have this exchange. Your brother will rise again on the last day. I know my brother will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. Jesus takes it a step further. I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me, even though they die, will live. And everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? Do you believe this, Martha? Do you believe, just to be clear, Martha, do you believe we're not only talking about the resurrection on the last day? We're not just talking about bodies rising again. We're talking about me, who I am. And what I do. Do you believe this? Do you believe me? Will you, Martha, believe in a God you don't understand? Will we? Will we believe in a God we don't understand? You may hear of people deconstructing their faith, taking it apart, looking at the pieces, deciding which to keep and which to throw away. Sometimes this happens because a person is introduced to a new way of thinking or praying or worshiping and they move from being Southern Baptist to Episcopalian. 
Sometimes this comes when people have been deeply hurt by Christian people and they may walk away from faith altogether. And sometimes this happens because someone like Martha expected God to show up and he didn't. Martha is in a very vulnerable space here, and Jesus knows it. So he looks at his friend, and he asks her, in essence, will you trust me even though you don't understand me? I am the resurrection and the life. Will you trust me even though you don't understand me? And she says this, Yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Messiah, the Son of God, the one coming into the world. Why does she say that? Why does she believe that? Jesus disappointed her. Her brother is dead. Why does she still cling to this idea that he's the Messiah? Because she'd seen him. She'd seen his love. His love for her and her brother and her sister, yes, but his love for those crazy disciples who crashed at her house. His love for enemy and friend alike. His love, his connection to God. She'd seen a love in Jesus that she had never seen before. And so if she was going to trust anyone, she was going to trust Jesus. If she was going to trust anyone, she was going to trust Jesus. It can be tempting to want to take apart our faith, to kind of pull the pieces apart and see what we want to keep and what we want to get rid of. It can be tempting to look at the global church or the church throughout time and wonder what Christians even agree on. We see them fighting about baptism or worship or sexuality or speaking in tongues or healing or who knows what. It can be tempting for us in the season we're in to say Christians don't believe the same thing about anything. Why should I stay? But here's the deal. All Christians agree on this. All Christians all around the world, the saints of old and the saints on this campus, agree that Jesus Christ is the Messiah, the Son of God, the one coming into the world. Everybody, everybody agrees on resurrection. That's the core of the Christian faith. That's the thing. Jesus is the resurrection and the life. Jesus himself rose from the dead, and someday you and I will too. That's the center of the faith. Everything else radiates out from that. So all Christians, Methodists, Nadanam, Baptists, Catholics, Pentecostals, Reformed folk, this is it. This is the ball game. This is what we believe. Jesus is the resurrection and the life, and everything we do radiates out from that. We all hold on to this. We all know as Martha did, that there's more to this story. We all know that the resurrection means there is more yet to come. We know that Parkinson's and ALS and cancer die. We know that sin and hell 
die, we know that Satan is a loser. And this is how we trust a God we do not understand. Because we know there's more to the story. Our story does not end in death. Martha knew that there would be more to the story someday, in the last day. She didn't know there was going to be more to the story on that day. That that day, Jesus would walk to the tomb, and through tear-filled eyes, he would call her brother's name, and she would see her brother stumble out of the tomb. She didn't know that, but she knew enough. And we know even more. We know that Jesus called Lazarus to come forth, and he did. We know that death is not the end of the story. There are a lot of things that will happen in your life and in mine that we will not understand. God will not do what we want when we want it. We will lose people and dreams and our health. And right there, in the middle of that pain, in the middle of that confusion, Jesus will ask, do you believe this? In spite of your pain and your anger, in spite of your losses and your hurts, do you still believe that I am the resurrection and the life and that your story doesn't end in death? Your story doesn't end in pain. Do you believe that I am at work even now, right here, to raise your hope, to lift your spirit, to move you from death to life? Do you believe And Christians throughout time and space, Christians in cathedrals and in caves, Christians in the midst of war and peace, Christians by gravesides and cribsides, they have heard Jesus ask this question and they have swallowed hard and blinked back tears and said, yes, 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 yes to Jesus. Yes to life. Yes to resurrection. In spite of it, we say yes. Will you pray with me? Jesus, you are the resurrection and the life. Not just a fancy title, but as real as it gets and as raw as we need. For we all, like Martha, have waited and wondered if you were going to come and been disappointed when you didn't show up in the way that we hoped you would. But remind us in these times when we are uncertain and confused that you're not done, that you're not done that our story goes on from here, that we will have hope and joy and life again, that this moment, this feeling that we have right now doesn't determine our future. You do. You are the resurrection and the life, and you call us forth as you called Lazarus forth, and you say, come out and live. And so we shake off the things 
that want to kill us. And we step into your love. We step into life. Thank you, Jesus, for dying and rising again so that we will too. And we pray this in your name. Amen. Will you rise in body or in spirit to receive the blessing? <laughs> Beloved Jesus Christ, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift the light of his countenance upon you and give you peace. And go in peace. Thank you for listening to Chapel at Calvin University. If you enjoyed what you heard, be sure to follow us and share this episode with a friend. Until next week, in the power of the Spirit, love God and love people.